0: Tim in the Hidden People by Sheila K. McCulloch Episode B1 The Return of the Key Tim kicked a stone slowly across the yard. It was a summer evening. School was over. Tim's friend Aaron was away ...and Tim had nothing to do. He kicked the stone over to the gap that led to the road. Tim went out of the gap and wandered along the canal towards the bridge. He stopped suddenly. Was that a black cat on the bridge? Tim ran along to the bridge, but no one was there. If there had been a cat, it was gone now. A sudden gust of wind blew. A bit of paper came fluttering over the bridge in the wind... Tim put his foot down on it as it blew by. He bent down and picked it up. It was a £10 note. Tim looked all around. There was no one in sight. He went across the bridge and looked down the street. There was no one there. I can't give it back if there's no one to give it to, he said to himself. He looked at the note. Aunt May never had any money to spare and £10 was a lot of money to Tim there were so many things he wanted. He put the £10 note in his pocket and walked slowly back to the yard. Aunt May was standing in the doorway looking out. As soon as she saw him she called, Tim, Tim, come here. Tim could tell she was upset. He ran over to the house and up the steps. Aunt May stepped back into the hall. Tim saw Miss Smith was standing there behind her. Tim, began Aunt May, but Miss Smith didn't let her finish. You wicked boy, cried Miss Smith, shaking her fist at Tim. You wicked boy, give me back my purse. I haven't got your purse, said Tim. Don't tell me such lies, cried Miss Smith. You give it back to me this minute or I'll call the policeman and have you locked up. Now then, Miss Smith said Aunt May. I've never known Tim take anything before. I expect you dropped drop your purse somewhere. No, I didn't. You'll say next. I'm telling lies next. I left it in my room. Turn out your pockets, you wicked boy, and then we'll see. Tim went white. He stood quite still, staring at Miss Smith. You'd better turn out your pockets, Tim, said Aunt May. Then Miss Smith will see you haven't got any money. Tim looked at Aunt May. I have got some. He said but i found it aunt may i did find it i found a ten pound note just now up there by the bridge he pulled the ten pound note out of his pocket and handed it to aunt may there i told you cried miss smith snatching the note from aunt may where have you put the rest of it you wicked boy there were twenty pounds in my purse and a lot of silver too i didn't take it said tim look i found that note i haven't got your money look he turned out all his pockets except for a pencil and a bit of string they were empty he's hidden it in his room cried miss smith she started up the stairs aunt may looked at tim we'll have to look tim she said are you sure you don't know i don't know said tim i didn't take it aunt may went off up the stairs after miss smith without another word tim sat down miserably on the bottom step and waited There were thumps and bangs from upstairs as Miss Smith pulled out the drawers and looked in all the corners of his room. Tim sat there feeling that he hated her. Just because she rented the best room, she behaved as if the house belonged to her. Aunt May couldn't help it. Miss Smith paid her rent every Saturday. They never had to wait for it and they needed the money. Aunt May always said they must put up with Miss Smith, but just then, Tim hated her. He almost wished he'd let her float away that time when Tobias made the magic cakes and Miss Smith almost floated out of the window. Miss Smith and Aunt May came down the stairs. Tim got up. Where is it? Where have you hidden it? cried Miss Smith, shaking her fist under his nose. Tim stepped back and shook his head. I didn't, he said. I didn't take it. You'd better go to your room, Tim, said Aunt May. But Tim suddenly felt he couldn't bear to be in the house a minute longer. He turned and ran out of the front door, down the steps and across the yard and out into the street. Come back, cried Miss Smith. Come back, you wicked boy! But Tim ran on. When he came to the canal, he slowed down to a walk. He pushed his hands into his pockets and walked along with his head down, kicking a stone. He hadn't gone far when he suddenly stopped. Miss Smith's purse was laying on the ground in front of him. He knew the purse. It was a big one with a flap for notes and a pocket for silver. There it was, lying in front of him on the pavement. Tim stood still, staring at the purse. If he picked it up and took it back now, no one, not even Aunt May, would believe he hadn't stolen it in the first place. He looked around. There was no one in sight, but if he left it there, somebody would find it. A few minutes ago, he felt he hated Miss Smith, but he knew that she wasn't rich, she needed the money. He didn't want to leave the purse for somebody else to take. Tim bent down slowly and picked it up. And then he nearly dropped it again. A key was lying on the pavement. It's been hidden by the purse. It was a strange old key and it shone like silver. It was the key Tim had tossed into the canal months ago when he wanted to get rid of the hidden people. Key had come back. Tim pushed the purse into his pocket, picked up the key and stood up. He looked along the canal bank. Captain Jory was sitting on an empty wooden box 20 feet away. He was puffing at a long pipe and looking at Tim. Tim slipped the key into his pocket and went slowly over to Captain Jory. Well, Tim, it's been a long time, said Captain Jory. Tim nodded. You look glad to see me, said Captain Jory, even if you did toss the key into the canal. A fine job we had getting it back too. I am glad to see you, said Tim. I only tossed the key away because of Aaron. Aaron's a friend of mine, and Tobias said the hidden people would drive him away. Captain Jory nodded. That's why I've come to see you now, Tim, he said. But don't toss the key away another time. Give it back to me if you don't want it. I don't want to have to spend another week fishing for it. Captain Jory looked so cheerful about it that Tim laughed. All right, he said. Captain Jory took a pull at his pipe. It's because of Aaron that I've come along to see you, Tim, he said. It's like this. The highwaymen and his people have taken over Hollow Hill, and my friends and I have nowhere to go. "'We were going to take over the empty house in the yard "'till Aaron moved in and you tossed the key away. "'We've looked for another house, but we can't find one that will do. "'Aaron and his family won't stay if we move in. "'That's what everyone wants to do. "'But I said I'd come and see you first. "'But what can I do?' asked Tim. "'Help us get the highwaymen out of Hollow Hill, Tim,' said Captain Jory, "'putting his hand on his knee and leaning forward. "'That's our home.' Help us get back there, and we'll not want to hang around here. But how can I do that? asked Tim. You go and see Melinda, said Captain Jory. She won't help us, but she'll help you. Tobias said she likes you. Who's Melinda? asked Tim. You know. She lives in the cottage by the wood, said Captain Jory. She's got a tiger-skin rug, Tim remembered. Tobias said she was a safe witch, he said. Captain Jory nodded. So she is, he said. If you happen to be a friend of hers, she's the only one who can get the highwaymen out of Hollow Hill. She won't do it for us, but she'll do it for you. That's what Tobias says. I haven't seen her myself. She won't open a door to me, and if Melinda doesn't want to see you, it's wiser to keep away. Captain Jory blew out another cloud of smoke. All right, said Tim, I'll try. ''Good,'' said Captain Jory. ''Go and see Melinda as soon as you can.'' He got up and put a hand on Tim's arm. ''Now there's one other little thing, Tim,'' he said. ''You help me, and I'll help you.'' ''You give me the purse you found. I'll see it gets back where it belongs.'' Tim looked at him. ''I'll see that woman gets it back,'' said Captain Jory, nodding. Tim pulled out Miss Smith's purse and handed it over. "'Good,' nodded Captain Jory, putting the purse in his pocket. "'Off you go now, Tim. "'And mind you don't toss that key away or give it to anyone but me. "'Don't give it to anyone. Understand?' "'All right,' said Tim. "'Promise?' asked Captain Jory. "'Promise,' said Tim. "'He walked slowly back to the yard. "'His hands were in his pockets and his left hand gripped the key.' Aunt May came running upstairs from the kitchen as he opened the front door. I'm so glad you're back, Tim, she said. Miss Smith has just found a purse. It fell on her head when she opened her wardrobe door. She must have put it on the top shelf in the wardrobe. Aunt May held out the £10 note. The £20 was still in the purse, so she gave this one back to me. Where did you find it, Tim? By the bridge, said Tim, taking it. Can I keep it? "'Oh, I suppose so,' said Aunt May. "'Was there anyone in the street when you found it?' Tim shook his head. "'No,' he said. "'I did look.' "'I'm sure you did, Tim,' said Aunt May. "'You keep it. "'I'm sorry about Miss Smith. "'I think she's sorry too, but she won't say so. "'Come and have your tea.' "'When Tim went up to bed, "'he half expected to find one of the hidden people in his room. "'But there was no one there.' He put the key under his pillow and climbed into bed. He wasn't a bit surprised to wake up a few hours later to find the moon shining in at the window and Tobias sitting on the foot of his bed looking at him. "'Hello, Tim,' said Tobias. "'The broomstick is at the window. Come on.' "'Where are we going?' asked Tim as he scrambled out of bed. "'Over the house tops and under the stars,' said Tobias. "'Anywhere and nowhere. We're going for a ride.' Don't you want to feel the night wind on your face after all this time? (laughs) Tim laughed. He pulled on his clothes and ran to the window. There was a broomstick waiting for him outside with Tobias sitting on one end. Tim climbed out and swung himself onto the broomstick. Tobias twitched his tail and away they went. Tim had never had such a ride. Tobias seemed to be out to show him just how much fun he could have on a broomstick. They swept high into the sky and he saw the lights of the town far below. Then they shot down to the streets of the town as if they were on a roller coaster. The streets were empty except for a big man who was leaning against the wall singing. The broomstick swept past under his nose. He couldn't see Tim and Tobias, but he saw the broomstick. He let out a yell and sat down suddenly on the pavement. Tim laughed. Up they went again, over the roofs. Tim could see that Tobias was enjoying it too. On and on they went until at last Tim saw the moon shining down on Hollow Hill, far away across the fields. Tobias swung the broomstick round so suddenly that Tim nearly fell off. When he could look down again, Tim saw they were heading for home. How was that, Tim? asked Tobias as they came into the yard and back to Tim's open window. Oh, that was a good ride, Tobias, he said as he climbed in. He looked out at Tobias standing on the broomstick. Why didn't you fly over Hollow Hill? he asked. Tobias's eyes changed. He stood very still on the end of the broomstick. Good night. He said suddenly. His tail twitched. The broomstick swung round and was off across the yard. Tim stood watching as it rose up over the roofs of the houses. He saw Tobias's tail waving under a sky full of stars, and then the broomstick was gone. Tim shut the window, pulled off his clothes and climbed into bed. He lay there thinking. He was glad he had the key again. He was glad to have seen Captain Jory. The ride with Tobias had been the best he'd ever had. He felt a bit afraid when he thought of Hollow Hill and the safe witch. But then he thought of a purse falling on Miss Smith's head. He laughed out loud. Tim was still smiling as he slipped right down under the bedclothes and went to sleep.